It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike. I am Lee Lonsberry, episode 52 today. We're talking about a subject we've discussed repeatedly here on this program. I find it fascinating. It's an interesting relationship that exists between counties and the states and the uh, nation. And I have found that there is a fascinating trend sweeping across uh, the United States right now. All of it, uh, well, for the most part, started in Virginia when the governor out there made it known his intentions to uh, impose some pretty strict laws uh, that would come down on the Second Amendment, uh, infringe upon that uh, amendment to the Constitution and the rights guaranteed to folks uh, therein. Uh, And we've talked about that at length. And in reaction to that, there were a number of counties and municipalities across the country that took uh, relatively swift action. Here in Utah, we saw it happen almost immediately in Uinta County. The only county to do so at the time here in the state of Utah, they passed an ordinance there in Uinta County, which would outlaw or prohibit, rather, the enforcement of certain laws uh, imposed by the state or the federal government, which in the determination of the county would be in violation of the Second Amendment. Now, to to join this uh, bandwagon of sorts, uh, there, each county and municipality uh, has a few options before them. Uinta County passed an ordinance. Now, that, that, uh, whether or not that ordinance can be enforced, that's up to, I think, the courts to decide. Uh, most folks reacting to this would say, uh, actually, I think the states are in charge around here. Uh, well, in Utah County, they, they did something, uh, similar, uh, but fundamentally different. And to explain what has happened in Utah County, I've invited Commissioner Nathan Ivey onto the program and he kindly accepted and he joins us now. Commissioner, sir, how are you? Doing great. Thanks for having me on again. Thank you. Uh, tell me very basically, what has happened in Utah County? So yesterday we passed a resolution uh, designed to designate Utah County as a sanctuary county for the Second Amendment. Uh, within the context of that revolution, we had some very strong wording uh, about our opposition to any federal or state uh, restrictions uh, in in relationship to the Second Amendment. And we also positioned ourselves as part of the therefores in that resolution to be able to take swift and immediate action against any entity that passes uh, a piece of legislation that we feel is restrictive or inhibits your Second Amendment rights. As you mentioned, kind of in your overview, slightly different than the ordinance that was passed uh, out in Atlanta County. And the reason we did it differently was we felt this actually give us better legal standing uh, to fight back and, and protect our citizens' Second Amendment rights in the event of, of something happening here in Utah or nationally. Outstanding. Uh, the This Resolution passed unanimously among the three of you commissioners in Utah County. And this was an initiative started uh, by you. What was the reaction by your fellow commissioners as you presented this idea to them and got this on the agenda? You know, they were both very supportive uh, of the idea. They're both strong supporters of the Constitution and the Second Amendment. And, And so they were... You know, both very supportive of it. Uh, Commissioner Ainge, you know, he, he brought 
brought out a valid point that we are a subsidiary of the state, and so we can we need to act within our proper role, and and so we feel like we did that uh, here with this resolution. But we also felt like in the wording of it, uh, we give it some teeth by giving ourselves the capacity uh, to be in a position to, to you know seek legal ramifications if if any type of Second Amendment violation occurs in the state. Sure. I'd like to talk to you for a second about your own personal attitude towards the Second Amendment. I listened through the arguments made uh, during the commission meeting yesterday, and I was reminded uh, after hearing one of your comments, uh, oddly enough, of a comment made by Amy Klobuchar during the Democratic debate just the other day. Uh, In the second half of that debate, the topic was... Uh, firearms. They brought up the Second Amendment and guns. And uh, Amy Klobuchar, uh, Senator, she said, hey, listen, I understand all about guns. Uh, and my Uncle Dick in the deer stand, uh, whenever I hear uh, about guns being discussed, I always think of him. And now she's uh, alluding to uh, hunters and sportsmen. You made an interesting comment uh, by saying uh, it's not just because I'm a hunter, it's because I'm a father and someone who believes we have to protect ourselves. Now, there's a fundamental distinction between uh, those who are engaged in uh, sporting purposes, hunting, target shooting, and uh, and what arguably is the backbone of the Second Amendment, and that is uh, uh, self-defense, as supported by Heller, obviously, uh, and also uh, defense against tyranny. Can you talk to me for just a moment about your understanding of that distinction? Yeah, well, obviously, it's it's not just a recreational amendment. This amendment is designed to protect our inalienable God-given rights, and and part of that is the right to defend ourselves against anyone or against a tyrannical government. And and as a result, you know, we have a right to keep and bear arms, and and within that, that they're to be well regulated, meaning we should care for our guns and have them in good working order, and that that the militia has been clearly defined as the citizenry of this nation. And we should be that way to, to keep ourselves safe. And and we have that right to defense. And, and it's not just about hunting. It's about the capacity to defend our freedoms and our families. And that's why the Second Amendment was included in the Bill of Rights. And that's why I will continue to stand and defend that that amendment as written. Because we as, as a people, a free society have that right to defend ourselves. You and I spoke uh, at length when this notion first was presented and when uh, Uinta County first made their ordinance known and passed it. Uh, And you and I talked uh, a little bit about some of the added conversations that you needed to have before taking the action you took yesterday. One of those being a conversation with the county sheriff. Talk to me a little bit about what you were able to glean from uh, Sheriff Smith and, and what his support looks like. Yeah, you betcha. So Sheriff Smith is also a very strong defender of the Second Amendment. He was very helpful in coming up with the verbiage. You know, we talked about, you know, doing an ordinance or a resolution. And we also talked about things like, a, you know, a, a constitutional county or a sanctuary county. And we felt like the sanctuary language was stronger. And he assisted a great deal in positioning us to where he felt like he could take defensible action at our side should something occur you know, that we felt was an infringement upon that right. So we had a good collaborative discussion from the wording and the verbiage within the resolution to its enforceability and how we could cooperatively act together in defense of our citizens' rights. 
Very good. Uh, our guest has been Commissioner Nathan Ivey from Utah County, where yesterday it was unanimously voted upon uh, a resolution declaring Utah County a sanctuary county, a Second Amendment sanctuary, uh, where the Second Amendment rights of the folks in Utah County will not be infringed upon by the state government uh, or the federal government uh, and and the like. So, uh, sir, I'm grateful to you for, for coming on here. I'm anxious to see uh, when and if these types of resolutions or ordinances, as is the case out in U- Uinta County, face any legal challenges. We, I don't think, really in the state of Utah right now, have any laws that would, in anyone's estimation, be uh, real egregious violations of the Second Amendment. I do know that in the Senate, uh, being guided by Senator Todd Wilder, there is a renewed effort to bring about one of these red flag laws. Uh, and I think the understanding of most folks behind these types of resolutions and ordinances would view that as a violation of the Second Amendment. So if those two uh, ever clash, I think the courts uh, may have to sort it all out. We'll be anxious to see if that comes about. Uh, but again, Commissioner, I'm grateful to you for your time. I'm grateful to you for your work in Utah County and look forward to speaking to you again in the future. Thank you so much for having me on and the feelings mutual. All right, very good. Uh, we're going to take a quick break here, and when we come back, we're going to be speaking to Deseret News reporter Erica Evans. If you are a nerd about politics, as I am, uh, you have, over the past number of years, seen a shifting attitude with regard to today's President Donald Trump. In 2016, when folks went to the ballot box, they voted for the president here in Utah, but not in the types of numbers that have that the president enjoyed across the country uh, in terms of Republican voters. Well, there are some polls that indicate that Utah is warming up to Donald Trump and to break down those polls, those numbers and give us a better understanding. Uh, Erica Evans will be my guest in studio next here on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry and this is KSL News Radio.